wait is over. Is over. Ladies and gentlemen, from the studios in the wrestling capital of the South, it's another terrific episode of The Binge Buster Show. Please welcome your host, Tony Binge. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Binge Buster Show. Coming to you right here in the Queen City of Charlotte. And it is March. And like we've been talking about for the last few weeks, uh, March is going to be all about terrific Tony. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm I'm bringing on some uh, some great friends and uh, someone that probably knows my wrestling career better than me. Uh, and uh, I'm going to bring him on right now. I'm talking about Mr. Jeff Patton. Jeff, what is going on? Oh, man, love the music. Brings back some memories. Not much, man. Uh, not much. Man, it's, it's glad it's good to have you back, Jeff. It's, it's been a while since uh, we had you on the, on the podcast. I know you were helping us co-host it there for a while, and uh, due to um, uh, scheduling uh, and everything, uh, you you, uh, you 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 wasn't able to record with us. But man, you were back, and uh, now Chris is gone. <laughs> now Chris Chris isn't gone forever, guys. He is on uh, he is he is on an assignment this week. He's taking care of something, so he won't be here this week, but. It's going to be Jeff and I, and uh, the podcast for the month of March is going to be a little different. So if uh, any of my listeners out there don't really care about me, don't really like me, you probably don't want to listen to the podcast this month because every week is going to be about my wrestling career. And uh, and and I thought, you know, over the years of me wrestling, um, I used to record every single match that I had. Uh, and then as the years went by, I got tired of bringing the camera and trying to find a place to plug up and everything. So I kind of stopped recording my matches probably somewhere around two ninety nine to 2000. And then after that, if there's a match, if, if I've had a match, somebody else has recorded it, uh, it hasn't been me. So, but, um, I want to tonight uh, or on today's podcast, I, I brought back Jeff, uh, as everyone knows, if you listen to some of my previous podcasts, this is the guy that kind of got me my start in wrestling. Um, and, uh, I actually, he didn't have a chance. He didn't have a choice cause I kept coming up there anyway. Uh, but Jeff, let's, uh, as we get started in, in tonight's show, let's talk about, um, the, the first time you and I met, uh, what, 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 what do you recall or what do you remember about that? Um, I remember you had came up to the show and you were uh, watching the, the wrestling show and I'm trying to think exactly what day that was. I think it was September the 5th. Uh, we had a wrestling event, the uh, events uh, club in uh, the town of Glen Alpine, North Carolina. And, uh, one of your relatives had wrestled for us, and he had invited you to come up and watch the show. And after the show, you came up and started talking to me. You wanted to know who the man was in charge, and they sent you to me. And uh, you talked about how much you loved wrestling and always wanted to be a pro wrestler and wanted to know how you could get in the business. And uh, I told you our next show when it was and told you to come up and help set up the ring. And... Uh, you could start training. And so that's how I at the first time. Yeah. What was so funny was, um, <laughs> back, back in this, back in, uh, uh, 93, uh, I was, uh, fresh out of high school and, um, ha hadn't quite went through my, my breakup yet with my high school girlfriend, but it, it was close. Uh, you know, she was, uh, she was about as tired of me as I was her, but, um, it, it was kind of like, uh, it's it like, it's like all the planets kind of, kind of got together because, um, we, like, like you said, uh, it was, it was she and I, and then one of her friends and her boyfriend, uh, we all made a trip. Well, the backstory is my uncle had kind of started training and wrestling with you, um, and he called me up and said, "Hey, uh, hey, I'm I'm, I'm going to be a wrestler," and I'm like, this, hey, "Seriously, there's no way." Because at this time, I didn't understand that that there was, you know, independence back then. Because 
you know, I had watched wrestling from like 83 to like 92. Um, and around 92 WCW, you know, was, was starting to, to fade. I mean, they, they really wasn't doing well in 92 and I, um, I was still in high school in 92 and, um, WCW had came to the Greensboro Coliseum and in 92, when I went to see them that night, that was the first time that I had seen a live wrestling show since 1988 at the Greensboro Coliseum when uh, Crockett was still, uh, they weren't as hot as they were in 96 when I was going all the t- like every weekend, but they still drew pretty well. And I remember that night going, Jeff, and, um, uh, you know, at the time, WCW, they had, you know, Ron Simmons and Sting and uh, Vader and um, Ravish and Rick Rude. And, you know, those, those, those kind of guys were like their, their um, you know, top, their, their, their top talent because Flair had went to the WWF at that time. And I remember that was the first time, Jeff, that I ever met a pro wrestler in real life. Um, we, we left it. We left. Well, when we first got to the show, um, I, I looked over at my seat and the Coliseum, it wasn't sold out by any means. There, there, I think there might have been 1,500 people there if I remember uh, reading um, the the uh, dirt sheets on that. But anyway, I'm sitting in my seat, and I look over at the little tunnel where all the hills and the baby faces would come out of, and I look over, and there's Johnny B. Bad. And I'm like, that's Johnny B. Bad. So I walk over, had my ticket stub, and he signed it. And that night I told him, I said, um, I said, man, I said, what do you got to do to be a wrestler? And he told me, it's a lot of hard work involved, kid. And uh, he's like, he's like, you just got right place, right time. And I said, okay. So he signed the he signed my autograph, and I left. And I thought, okay, wow, that's cool. I just I just met a wrestler, right? The show's over. We stop at the gas station that was like a mile from the um, from the Coliseum. And as I'm pumping gas in my girl ex girlfriend's car, I look over. And I see this dude rolling in with a funky haircut and a little like, like at the time it was like, I think Chevrolet had a car called the Lumina maybe. Um, anyway, I look over and it's Harley Race and Vader. And I'm really freaking out now because I'm like, oh my God, this is, this is Vader, you know? And um, I'm thinking, well, you know, and of course at this time I wasn't smart to the business. I'm like, well, he's a, he's a bad guy. He's not going to talk to me. So I walk over, Har- Harley Race is pumping the gas in the car and so I walk over, and and when Harley sees me coming, he kayfays me. He gets in the car and shuts the door, and I'm like, okay. So I walk into the gas station, and Jeff, you can love this story. So Vader's in there with like two suitcases of natural light beer in his hand. He puts those two suitcases up on the up on the uh, counter, goes back and gets two more, and there's these two ring rats in there you know they got the little mini skirts and they're you know they they're not very attractive but you know you could tell that they're there with vader and he's talking to him about going to the hotel and all of a sudden he realizes i guess by look on my face that i'm a mark and i'm i want to talk to him and uh i said hey mr vader how are you and he and and as i'm asking him the question the girls are like you know holiday inn he goes ha 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 and tells them shut up right and uh, he looks over at me and he says, uh, hey, kid, he said, you see all this beer? And I said, yeah. He said, you see these women? I said, yeah. He goes, stay away from both of them. They'll ruin your life. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I said, well, can I get your autograph? He said, let me let me pay for this. Meet me at the he, he goes, meet me outside. I'm in the I'm in the burgundy car. I said, yeah, I saw Harley out there pumping gas. He says, don't talk to Harley. <laughs> so I said, OK, so. I walk outside the gas station. He comes out. He puts the beer in the car. He signs a little piece of paper I had. So at that night, I'm like, man, I met two pro wrestlers, and they both gave me some advice. You know, even though Vader was being funny, actually, Jeff, he wasn't. He gave me good advice, but too bad I never listened to him. That's why I got divorced so many times. But anyway, that's another story for another podcast. But, um, but that was like my first introduction to like meeting a, a real wrestler. Um, but like I said, I had no idea that there was, because in my mind, there were only two wrestling organizations at that time. It was WCW and WWF. And I didn't understand, or I didn't even know there was independence. So when my uncle told me that he was wrestling, I was like, well, you got to tell me where I'm going to come watch you. And I drove all the way 
you know, to Morganton to watch my uncle wrestle, he had wrestled for you the week, I guess the week or two weeks prior to that show. And then I come there to watch my uncle wrestle. And I'm like, if, if he can do it, I'm going to be able to do it. Uh, and for whatever reason, I, I don't think you had him booked on that show, but he was there. And I remember we all sat on the front row. You know, I made sure we had front row seats, me and my friends. And I'm watching it, and I'm like, man, I want to do this. I, I want, and I was so, I was so keyed up. And my girlfriend at the time was like, these guys are way bigger than you. They'll kill you. I'm like, I don't care. I want to do this. And when I came and talked to you, or uh, I'm sorry, after it's over, um, I think the first person I, I actually went and talked to might have been. The referee, which is now a good friend of mine and another promoter, Jason Freeman. But I went and asked him who was in charge, and he said, the guy there in the white T-shirt, which was you, and uh, you were tearing the ring down, and I went over and I introduced myself, and that was the first time you and I met. And, uh, man, uh, Jeff, I'm, 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 I can't do the math now, but, man, how many years ago was that? I mean, we, and, and now look at us. We're like the best of friends. And, always, and, I, and pretty much always have been since, like, the week after I started training. Yeah, man, that's 29 years ago. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I can only think of like maybe one other person that I'm still friends with, you know, after after a couple years. But 29 years and we're we're still the closest friends. And we may not talk every day, but it's like, you know, all of life's tragedies, all of life's ups, downs. Uh, you know, you, you I think I, I think you've came to every one of my every one of my weddings except for one and the one I, the one I, that you didn't come to, nobody did. It was, it was just a, it was just, um, just close family. Or, uh, I say close family. It was just like a, it was a, a small, a very small wedding. So, uh, and I think I did invite you, but you, um, couldn't go because it was so far away. I, Cause I, we got married at the beach and I think you were working that week. Um, but anyway, back to, uh, the podcast in hand, but, um, but yeah, we've been friends a long time and, uh, been tag team partners and and i know as the weeks go on and we talk more about our my career we'll uh you know touch base on that but um getting back to 1993 and how um i got into wrestling um i know you you got your you got your record book of all the matches um let's let's talk about like the the like like when you first saw me uh, doing my doing my or doing training like with with the, with that whole training camp that you had at the time what were your thoughts um i remember um after the training session was over you know i never did any training i was busy you know trying to you know uh put the matches get the matches lined up and then you know try music for all the wrestlers and most of the time I mean, there were wrestlers that brought their own music, but I, you know, normally I had a big old uh, suitcase of uh, backup tapes. It, there weren't CDs in 1993, or they, I'm not sure, but it was all, and of course, record or rewind music correct. There's no, oh, it's song number three or it's song number two, but. Right. Uh, yeah, I'm busy doing that, and then uh, uh, three of my guys are in there training, uh, and these are guys that you know we we started uh, back in 1990 with, and uh, they're training everybody. But uh, uh, I remember, you know, I would kind of you know keep an eye on what's going on in the ring while they're training, and uh, I remember going up to them and. Say okay, any of these guys ready to go? And they were like, "Well, I don't know." And then I said, "Well, what about Tony?" And he was like, "Well, yeah, I think he's probably ready to go. If you want to put him." And I said, "Well, I said if he's put in there with the right person, I think he would do really well." And so um, the next show we did, uh, you wasn't able to attend, but the show after that is when you made your debut. But yeah, I was impressed because I remember um, even uh, um, one of the trainers, uh, James uh, Harbison at the time, told me, he says, kid got a nice punch. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember, uh, you know, and at the time I was so keyed up and I was like 
pinching myself every day because I was like, man, I'm really in here. I'm really wrestling. And, and, and as you were telling that, as you were talking about that, it reminded me, Jeff, um, that my first match actually was a battle royal because that, that was the the time where uh, they're at the Amvets Club. And, and, and my, uh, my uh, memory might be running ahead of itself, but I do remember at some point during this the training process, um, each week we, we'd come and they would put us in a, you know, you guys would put us, all, all those trainees in a battle royal. And I remember getting in there and walking to the ring and uh, and one of the guys, one, one, one of my high school friends that would come up there and he, he went by the name of Bayou Billy, but he was totally clueless about the names of the, the moves in wrestling. <laughs> and he said he was going to super slam Donnie. And I'll never forget that. And then Donnie came in and started beating the crap out of me. And I was like, I didn't say it, brother. <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> you know, but, uh, but yeah, so I, I remember that part. Uh, like I said, that, that, I, I don't believe that was my, that, that was my actual first match. I do remember my first, because I was so, I was so, re- I, I wanted it so bad that I, I would do, I would have done anything. I would, I would have, I would have been a, a referee or whatever but but i remember uh ask i remember i'd come to you and go am I, am I gonna wrestle this week and you'd say well the guy said that you know you're not quite ready for a match yet and i said okay but i wanted to be part of the show so bad so uh, i'm in the dressing room and I'm, I'm like you know i'm gonna do something and james harbison told too funky the guy his name was too funky uh he's like you 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 need a little Tony to be your manager because he's got a heck of a punch. And he's like, okay, he can be my manager tonight. And I remember it was so funny because as, as, a, as a kid growing up, I always thought that the best wrestling theme song besides the Men I Express's song, um, I always thought Bad to the Bone was the, was the coolest wrestling song ever. And I always had this thought in my mind, if I was ever a wrestler, my theme song was going to be Bad to the Bone, my gear, I was going to have white boots with black tights with these white lightning bolts coming down the side. I don't know where I got that from, but I think maybe the fabulous ones or something. But anyway, that 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 was going to be my that 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 was going to be my my look and I was going to come out the bad to the bone. And I'll never forget Jeff, we um I came over to you when when I found out I was going to manage too funky, but I want to come out to my music. <laughs> Who what was I thinking? But I remember going over to you and giving you the, my George Thorgood tape, Jeff. And I remember you looked at me and you said, two funkies coming out to this. And I said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember it started playing and we we're at the door waiting to walk out. And he said, Hey, what the F is this stuff? And I said, Oh, that's our music. He goes, man, what's a black man doing coming out of the bad to the bone. <laughs> I think he wanted to come out to like NWA or something, but but anyway, we came out there and he, um, I, I believe he wrestled the Super in, or the Invader number two, and uh and I, I I was ready. I had gimmicks ready, so I had this briefcase, and I brought the briefcase out, and then I end up getting uh, uh, I, uh, uh, the Invader. I get up on the apron with the briefcase. The Invader hits me. I do this J.J. Dillon type bump on the rope down to the floor, and I remember I did that. Uh, uh, somebody was—I I don't remember who—but somebody was uh, probably in the back. But I remember somebody saying, "Dang, Tony, you took a J.J. Dillon bump," and I didn't even know I did that. I just—it's just the way I felt because I was halfway in the ring, halfway out. But they were like, "You did a J.J. Dillon bump, man. You gonna—you gonna do okay." Uh, and there for a while, I wasn't sure if I was going to make it cause you know, that, that, that group of guys were, it, they were very hard to tell, um, whether they liked you, whether they didn't. Now you, you from, from the get go, I could tell, you know, that, that you liked me, but the rest of the guys, I wasn't sure. Um, it wasn't for a, for a few months before I realized that, Hey, I, I am in with these guys. And, and just because I came from another town and all these boys, went to school together or they're related or they know each other. Um, you guys like let, let me in on the group and, uh, and, and I'm forever grateful for that. And even to this day, I'm still close to you and Donnie and James and, and some of the other, a couple of the other ones. But, um, but man, you know, 93 was like so crazy. Like, um, I wished I could go back and train a little harder and 
done differently and not tried to rush to get in the ring as fast as I did. But, you know, it is what it is. It happened that way. And, uh, and here we are, you know, 29 years later and I'm still, I'm still, still wrestling. Um, but, uh, but, but, but getting back to this, as far as the notes you have. So, so I have the, um, I, I managed to funky first. And then after that, I end up having my, uh, my, I think my first match was what a six man tag team match, maybe. Yes. Uh, the, it happened on October 31st. And again, it was at the Amvets club. It was a show called the, uh, haunted havoc 93. And, uh, it was, uh, you know, we did TV taping back then and we put it on the local, um, local cable channel. And so it was a TV show number seven. It was a six man tag, uh, dangerous Donnie, tenacious Tony and Japan thunder tiger against terrific Tony, the professor and the black scorpion. And of course you guys lost. I can't remember who was pinned that uh, that would have been me and um okay and i remember in that match somebody getting mad because I, you got mad at your brother tony because um he hit me with like two big finishers and didn't pin me and you were so mad at him i remember i remember you were yelling at him going what are you trying to do run 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 the boy off i, 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 I remember yeah. i remember hearing that conversation but to me i didn't care because i was like hey I, was, I just had a match <laughs> and and i'll tell you another thing too jeff um at that time i was still in high school and i had brought so so you we had that match you taped it for me and put it on the vcr tape and at the time i'm in high school i'm a senior and i am um i'm in this uh uh uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the group, but it was a little club there at school it was like, um, cause I, I was taking classes for business management. And so my teacher let me bring this, this tape in to share with the class. Right. So we're watching this tape. Well, before he let, he lets us watch the tape, he, he, you know, at the time we were talking about small businesses and he's like, you know, uh, Tony is, is, is venturing out into a small business and uh, we're gonna watch this video today, and he he lets us watch it, and uh, and I remember as your brother was beating the crap out of me, give me all these, um, you know, the power he power bombed me twice, I think it was, but anyway, whatever it was, um, I got I got like sympathy from all these hot chicks in my class. <laughs> they would come over and they're <laughs> hugging me, and I'm like. I think I can get used to this wrestling thing getting beat up. It ain't too bad. <laughs> and so, uh, but, uh, but yeah, that, that was kind of cool. But, um, but I remember doing that six man and I remember, you know, them beating me. And then I remember, um, you, you making the decision to put me, to pair me up with, um, Japan Thunder Tiger, which his real name was Daryl Morris. And he was incidentally, a, a Jeff, wasn't he a referee for Smoky Mountain Wrestling? Yes. Yeah. So, um, and I think he was trained by Ivan Koloff and Bobby Fulton. So, uh, so he's given me this training as well. Um, he, he would come up and, and work and like, as we're doing our training before the shows, he would work with me and then you put me with him and I, I and I, I learned a lot with him as well. And, um, but, but, but I, you know, looking back over that, it's like, man, you know, uh, it's, it's so funny how, with the way I started and now how I am is it like, like all the things I've gotten to do in wrestling, I never dreamed I would ever get to do back then. I just thought, well, I was, this is, a, this is as good as it's going to get. But as the weeks go on on our podcast, we'll talk about more, uh, more and more exciting things. But, um, getting back to your notes, what, what else, uh, um, have, have you got for us? Okay. And then the next show we did was November 14th. Uh, again, at the Invets Club, um, at TV show number nine, we had a battle royal, and I believe you were in the battle royal. That was the first match of the show, and then we taped another TV show, number 10, and you wrestled against the professor, and, of course, the professor beat you. That yeah. was on November 14, 93. Yes, I remember that one, too. Yeah. Yeah, that was... Yeah, uh, I, I got to click. You got any good professor stories for the crowd, man? P, 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 yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a funny story. Um, around about it's probably that that same that same show. So the professor or James, 
you know, he was he was very adamant about getting me, you know, more involved and get me up there. And but I remember, um, so at the Amvets Club there in Morganton, um, they would have our wrestling would be there on Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon, but on Saturday nights they had like a little honky tonk there, right? Mm-hmm. So this this one night, uh, James says, "Hey Tony, instead of coming up Sunday, won't you come up Saturday night and spend the night with me? We'll, we'll watch wrestling tapes all night and just hang out." I said, "Cool, let's do that." So I tell my parents, you know, "Hey, I'm going up, whatever." And so off we go. We get there. I get up there, and he says, "Hey, let's uh, ride, why, why, why don't we just ride up to the Anvets Club and see what's going on?" I said, "Okay, let's go." So we go up there. The place, all the all the doors are opened up. The parking lot is packed. He's like, "Tony, is this wrestling up here tonight?" I said, "I don't know. Let's go see." So we walk up. So instead of like like coming through the front door, we just like walk through a side door, and then we end up running into another guy that was training or wrestling with you at the time. Uh, the Texas Ranger was his name. Um, I don't remember his real name, but you, you may know who I'm talking about. But Texas Ranger was his gimmick name. So we run into him, and he's like, hey, dudes, what's up? And so he's introducing us to these girls that was hanging out with him. So I'm like, man, this is all right. So we're as we're talking to, to these chicks, uh, I guess the person that was in charge of running the honky-tonk walks over to us, and he goes, hey, you guys didn't pay. And so James was like, oh, okay, well, I'm sorry. And then me, you know, thinking out loud at the time, I said, I said, um, you mean to tell me you got to pay to get in this motherfucker? <laughs> like that. And that man goes, yes, you got to pay. I said, shit, I'm from out of town. I didn't know that. And James is, you remember how James used to get tickled? So James is, James is laughing. And, and he, he said, oh, and right as I said, you got to pay to get in here. James says, oh, wah. You remember when you guys should always say that, wah? He says, oh, wah. And he starts cracking up. He's crying. And so we're walking to the door, and this guy is, like, pissed off. Like, he's real. Like you would have thought we stole beer or something. I mean, he, he, was going, he was going off on me, cutting a promo on me and everything. And I just kept walking with my mullet, walked to the, fr- walked to the door, and he thought we was going to pay. <laughs> we just kept on walking. And he told us that he that he was going to bar us from the Amvets Club. And James says, "Well, Tony, I guess we're wearing hoods tomorrow." <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, man. So um, so that was like my first uh, professor story. And then um, my next one was um, another time he had me come spend the night with him uh, before a show, and we get up there, <laughs> and uh, uh. And I'm, I know I'm getting ahead of our podcast, but um, it was a, it was the night that we did the show um, at Drexel, and um, I worked. Let's see, James or the professor, he worked a, a time limit draw with Mean Mark Ash, and I worked uh, Magnificent Marshall. And uh, but I guess at some point in this match, uh, Mark Ash either stiffed. James in the lip, bust his lip or something. But but anyway, before the show, James tells me, Tony, spend the night with me, and then after the show, me and you are going to go out to eat. And I'm like, all right, cool. So we get up there. We do the show. We tear the ring down. <laughs> we uh, we get in the car, and I get in the car with James, and we're driving over to um, – what was that um, buffet place used to be there in Morganton, like off of exit 105? Was it like um, – was it Golden Corral or Quincy's or something? Um, gosh, back at the time, um, there's a, a, it was Tony's at the time, probably. Now it's called Abilies. I bet that was what it was. Maybe, but, but it was a buffet. All you could eat. Right. And so I'm going up there and I'm getting the steak and I'm getting the chicken. I'm getting the the pinto beans. I mean, I'm gorging myself and I look over and, oh yeah. And by the way, James bought, he, 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 he paid for my dinner that night too. Right. So I'm over gorging myself and I look over and all he's eating is mashed potatoes. Like, like he had two plates of mashed potatoes and I'm like, James, man, why aren't you eating steak? He looks at me. He says, Tony, 
how am I supposed to eat steak when my lip is all puffed up because he got punched in the mouth? <laughs> so he was pissed off because I'm, I'm gorging myself with all this good food and all he could eat is mashed potatoes because his lip is so swollen he can't and it's busted so he can't eat anything real salty. But yeah, that 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 was pretty funny. But but yeah, James James was a character. <laughs> I, I I I miss it. I miss him and 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 I loved when whenever you and you know. You, uh, you, and again, we're getting ahead, ahead of the years, but uh, you know, we'll talk more about this as the weeks go by. But after I got trained up really well and kind of knew my way around the ring, you end up putting he and I together as a tag team, and uh, and that really took off. And then when he left and you you came in and filled his spot, you, you and I become even better tag team partners than he and I were. So, uh, and then at one time, you, me, you, and him all three were were the were like the free bird type gimmick that we did but uh but yeah that was fun but <laughs> he was so mad that mark ash busted his lip that he he couldn't eat his mash but he couldn't eat but his mashed potatoes and also jeff on that same card some fan I, you may know the inside story on this one i don't know but some fan gave him a cucumber in a paper bag <laughs> as he's walking to the ring yeah uh, I won't. I won't share what I know about that one. <laughs> we'll leave that one alone. But it was funny because I remember looking out. I was like, "What the hell has he got in his bag?" And then we get to the dressing room and he throws it in the trash can. And he's all pissed off and been out of shape. And I'm like, "I'm like, okay, that's funny." But anyway, James, James was a character. We we'll just leave it at that. James was a character. But uh, anyway, back to '93. So, so we have the um, the six man match, and then. Uh, uh, you you actually put me in like a little feud there with uh, Japan Thunder Tiger. Yeah, that began on uh, November twenty eighth at, again at the Invest Club. Uh, it was Stardust ninety three, and it was uh, taping for BCW TV show number twelve. And that was your first. You guys were the first match, and that was uh, Japan Thunder Tiger, who was the uh, junior champion, junior heavyweight champion, mm-hmm. uh, d- defeated you. Uh, he was defending his title. Yeah. Now, um, he, um, he, 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 and I had, had several matches, uh, there in 93 for the, uh, for the, uh, junior championship. And, um, and then also, uh, even though he and I were doing the few for the junior title, you end up teaming me up with, um, uh, the Texas Ranger taking on, uh, the BCW tag team champions, John Sullivan and the Crucifer. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, and again, uh, the week after that, on December 5th, again at the Invest Club, you again wrestled Japan Thunder Tiger, and he went, he won. Uh, and then the last show we did in 1993 uh, was on December 12th at the Invest Club. Uh, it was taping for TV show number 14. Uh, you and, and uh, the Texas Ranger went against the uh, BCW Tag Team Champions, John Sullivan and the Crucifer, and of course you guys lost. And I'm sure you want to tell the story of <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, so what happened in that match? So so at this point, uh, you know, and I'm and I'm not I'm not tooting my own horn, and I'm not bragging on myself, but but even though I'd only been doing it just a short period of time, the fact of it that I was a student of wrestling because for all those years prior, I would watch and and. And I never realized I did this until one day I was on a show with Jimmy Valiant and he told me that I sold just like Ricky Morton. And I didn't understand what, you know, that he meant that. But then I, but then when he said that, it, it made me go back in time and, and think back to my childhood when me and my friends in the neighborhood, we'd all wrestle. And I would do like, like Ricky Morton. When I was a kid, man, Ricky Morton was my idol. Like he, he was my Elvis Presley. I had the same haircut. I would come to school wearing bandanas like him. I mean, it was, I was like, I thought I was Ricky Morton. And as a matter of fact, I was thinking when I become a wrestler, I still had my mullet. I was going to call myself Tony Morton. And, uh, then I thought, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm, I'm going to be terrific Tony. So that's what I did. But anyway, um, in that match, like when John would come in and he and he would he would hit me, I would sell. 
James would come in or Christopher would come in. I would sell, you know, I'd sell for them, whatever. Um, and then I, and then uh, John tells me to tag out, and I tag out and bring the the Texas Ranger in, and that's when the whole match just went down the toilet. <laughs> um, because the Texas Ranger had no way, he didn't know how to sell. And I, I know, Jeff, you were on commentary, <laughs> and John looks over at you. What was it he said? This son of a bitch can't sell? Yeah, he said, son of a bitch needs to learn how to sell. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. And then after they pissed him off, after he pissed them off by not selling, he comes over and tags me in, and they beat the shit out of me. I mean, John Sullivan beat the crap out of me. and uh, But then w- when the match was over, I go back to the dressing room and I'm a very like, oh, this guy's gonna beat the shit like worse. Like he like he beat me up in a working way, but when I get in the dressing room, it's gonna be worse. Like I was thinking about like how quick could I just grab my bag and run out the back door like Lex Luger did, but uh, <laughs> but um, but no, I walked on back and when I got back to the dressing room, he's like, come here, kid, and I walk over. He goes, I am so sorry, and I said, and I'm playing off like, but uh, I was terrified. I was like play off like i didn't realize what he just did to me and i'm like uh sorry for what he goes yeah i was a little stiff on you he said but you're a partner couldn't couldn't sell his way out of a damn paper bag and i said he goes why in the hell did uh, they they put you with him i said i don't know and uh so he was like he's like well just just listen to me when we're in the ring just listen to me i was like okay then the next week John John comes up there and starts training with us, and he starts showing us all you know how to lock up and how to do do stuff. So so the Texas Ranger kind of lit a fire under John to you know kind of help us a little bit. But but that, that was my first time of getting beat up, uh, and I probably the only time I don't remember ever getting into a. I, I don't remember ever being on the on the downside of getting beat up in a in a match. Uh, I remember being the other person beating up somebody else for the same thing, not knowing how to sell. But I've done that a few times. But um, but but definitely that night, man, I was just like, man, John just he just beat the crap out of me, and I didn't do anything. It wasn't even me that wasn't they didn't know how to sell. Oh, it was great. Yeah. And uh, then of course uh, when we taped for uh, the same show, we taped. Uh, TV show 14 and TV show 15. And in 15, uh, your first match against Japan Thunder Tiger, again for the junior title. And again, Japan Tiger went over. Yep. Yeah, uh, I remember he, uh, he and I probably had about, probably right at 10 matches together before I finally, um, you know, won the belt. <laughs> and I remember, um, so uh, that was, was uh that that like 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 my my first my, I'm sorry my last match of of ninety three, that was it. That was it. That was okay. our last show. Yeah, it was December twelfth. That was our last show in ninety three. We took time off for Christmas. Right. That's 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 what I was. That's what I was thinking. That's what I remembered. I remembered t- um um because I remember I was like oh I'm all excited about coming up, and then whenever you said well guys we're taking off the next couple weeks for Christmas I was like dang it <laughs> I'm ready to come. I wanted to keep coming. And after that, um, man, it was like, um, you know, I always like wrestling was always in my, it was always in my blood when I was a kid growing up. Cause I, I remember my, my, um, in, in the eighties, like 84 to like 87, um, my next door neighbor would always come knock on the door and be like, Hey, can Tony come out and play? My mom was like, yeah, he can be. He's watching wrestling. And I was like, when wrestling goes off, I'll be out. So I kind of had like this, so on Saturday mornings where I lived, uh, we got um, the uh, WWF Superstars, I believe is what it was called. It, it would come on at 10 o'clock a.m. Then at 11 a.m., World Class Championship Wrestling would, came, would come on. It stayed on until 12. And then at 12 o'clock, Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling came on, and it was be on until 1. So from, from 10 o'clock a.m. till 1 o'clock, so from 10 to 1, I was – glued to the tv i the only time i went and peed and got something to eat was would be when when the wrestling would go off like i would sit there wait because because i I didn't want to get up during the commercial break because i was afraid i might i might miss something and commercial be over with before i got back um 
but that's how much I love wrestling. And then I would, um, we would build like a little, uh, we'd, we'd go around and find somebody in our neighborhood would throw away a mattress. Now this day and time, you wouldn't do that because it's just nasty. But back then when you're a kid, you don't think about it. And I remember walking through our neighborhoods and finding people that threw mattresses out and who grab the mattress and drag it back to my parents' house, put it in their backyard, put a rope around the fence area. And we'd, we'd beat it. And me and my cousins would beat the shit out of the neighborhood kids. And, uh, I can't remember how many times I got in trouble for pile driving the, the neighbor's daughter. <laughs> and I didn't pile driver in the, in the fun way. I literally gave her the pile driver and dropped it on her head. But, um, but man, it was, it was like, I, I, I was addicted to wrestling. And then once I got to, um, two rep well i'm kind of getting ahead of myself so i did that and then um probably around 90 88 89 somewhere around there i just kind of stopped watching wrestling like like it like once once crockett promotions was gone i just stopped watching it i got into to music and started playing drums and i thought i was gonna be the next rock star so I quit watching wrestling. Then I got bored with the uh, with the music, sold my drums, and then I didn't do nothing but work and um, work and hang out with my girlfriend. And then once my uncle told me that he was wrestling and I met you, uh, that that was when I started getting back into wrestling. And matter of fact, um, now I, I did I did I did go see that that one match in '91. In Greensboro or 90, 91 or ninety two, I don't remember what year it was. Now I think it was ninety one though. Um, <clears throat> but um, whatever year Ron Simmons was the WCW World Champion, that was the because that night he defended the belt against Vader in Greensboro. Um, but um, so I guess it might, must have been ninety two. But um, I saw that. Well, then I I never watched wrestling, never turned wrestling on, nothing like that for a year later. And then uh, once I met you guys and met James, the professor we were talking about earlier, um, he talked me into um, getting us tickets to go see Starcade 93. And so we went to that, and I was like, wow, wrestling's changed. Because <laughs> it, it was a lot different than it was um, in the 80s when I went. So, um, But, yeah, I mean, and and then, of course, Jeff, I remember uh, in 90, Starcade 93, like um, the day – because I guess Starcade that year, I believe Starcade was like on a Monday, um, and so that that Sunday before, I was up there with you guys training, and Bill Snow was teaching us how to do suplexes from the outside in, and somehow or another he ended up suplexing me, but yet giving me a black eye in the process, <laughs> and <laughs> and so James and I are at Starcade, and of course at this time now I've been wrestling with you, wrestling for you, wrestling with you for a while. And uh, now my head's starting to swell a little bit, starting to get a little cocky. And we're at Star K93, and these girls are staring at or We're in line to go into the building, and these girls are staring at me. And I said, James, I said, check us out. He said, what? I said, those girls must know who I am. They're looking at me. He says, Tony, looking at you because you got a damn black eye, dude. <laughs> I forgot I had a black eye. <laughs> <laughs> that thing was almost swelled shut. I could barely barely see the pay per view, but uh, but yeah, that was pretty funny. And then of course that night, um, after Starcade, I decided um, James had to go to work the next morning, so he told me I couldn't stay at his house. Well, my uncle lived in Glen Alpine, so I dropped James off downtown Morganton, drive to my uncle's house in um, Glen Alpine, and as I'm driving there, I end up getting pulled over because I'm falling asleep at the wheel. And I get pulled over by a Glen Alpine police officer, and he comes up to the window, rolls the window down, and he says, uh, "You were weaving back there." And I said, "Yes, sir." I said, "I was. I'm. I'm getting sleepy. I'm trying to get to my uncle's house." I said, "His house is like the fifth house on the right up here, so I'm really close." And he says, "Oh, well, where are you coming from?" And now I'm thinking I'm going to get a ticket. I said, "I'm coming from uh, from Charlotte." And he goes, "Well, what are you doing in Charlotte?" And I said. I uh, went and saw Starcade '93. He says, "Oh yeah, did a uh, flare win?" <laughs> I said, "Yes." He said, "Oh man, that's awesome." He said, "Where's your uncle live? I- I'm gonna follow you to his house." And he let me go. So Rick Flair and Starcade got me out of a ticket. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty. I thought that was a pretty funny story. Um, 
but 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 man i I tell you you know it's 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 crazy when i look back um and think back of how how how, well not just me you and everybody else but how we all thought back then like like we had no wives no kids um and of course at that time of of all of us the only one that was really responsible was you because you had a full-time job and you you got to keep all these crazy dudes in line you got to put together the matches. You got to pay for the rent on the building. You got to make sure the rings put like like you had a lot a huge responsibility compared to the rest of us. And um, but uh, but man, you know, twenty nine years later, you know, it, it, I'm still doing it. Um, but but even though I've you know I look back, I I wish that I that I knew more then than I than I did so you know because I'm sure you know the matches and everything would have been a whole lot more fun but I know you know everybody's got to start somewhere and that that was that and thanks to you that's how I got my start yeah yeah and I agree man if I could go back I've done a lot of things a lot different but it is what it is man 93 was a lot of fun it, uh we I'm, you know as far as Burke County wrestling goes we came from uh you know Two years of backyard and uh, from a backyard and a basement to we were on the road, man, doing actual wrestling shows. Yeah, and pretty, and, pretty and, neat deal. In front of people, you know. Yeah, in front pay, of people, paying fans. Paying, and yeah, there, pay, we had some good demand. I mean, we were doing really well. And some of the, you know, at, at the first uh, 93, we did pretty well. I mean, we did as far as uh, um, fans coming to the matches and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, then it kind of tapered off at 94. Uh, of course, just decisions I made uh, kind of hurt us, but it is what it is. Well, you know, and, and, and the thing is, we, we, we make decisions, we learn from them, um, and, and that uh, that's kind of like me, you know, uh, as I touched on a little earlier, in 93, um, I, I, I was with my high school girlfriend. I mean, she and I started dating in ninth grade, and we dated from ninth grade to 12th grade. And, um, you know, I worked in a grocery store just, just like you did. I worked for Lowe's Foods. I was a stalker, head cashier. Uh, now, now, now the story I'm about to tell <laughs> is, has never been told before. Well, it has been told. I've told you, I'm sure. I've told a few, a few of my friends, but as far as the, uh, the, um, binge buster listeners, you know, they're, like I said, the month of March is going to be an in-depth. You want to get to know me? You then definitely listen. Then def, definitely tune in the month of March. You don't really care? I wouldn't listen because I'm going to be telling some stories that are going to, going to blow your mind. They're going to blow my mind that I still remember them. But so and and the uh, you know Jeff, I was always destined to be a pro wrestler, and this is why. So my heroes in wrestling were guys like Ric Flair. Um, and of course I know I touched on Ricky Morton and, and we, and we know when in the eighties, when Ricky Morton would come to the ring and the girls would go crazy and they rip his shirt off. Um, and of course you'd hear Ric Flair talk about, you know, women here, women there, women. Well, what, unless you know me very well, <clears throat> you'll know that in high school, middle school, high school, I was extremely shy. Um, even though I had a lot of friends and I was somewhat popular in school, but I was still very shy and timid. Um, I would, um, you know, sometimes get nervous and I'm sure if you listen to the podcast, you probably hear me do it now. I'm doing it right now, but sometimes I'll get excited or, you know, I'm trying to say something faster than my brain's thinking and I might stutter a little bit. So, so when I was in middle school and high school, I would get nervous and I would stutter. Uh, because I was shy when teacher would call on me to you know, read in front of the class or do a school play, um, man, I would get nervous as crap because I'm like, you know, I, I'm going to stutter cause I'm, I'm nervous. Well, so that, that, that was the kind of person I was back then. Well then Jeff, once I started working in the grocery store, I, I had this high school girlfriend that, you know, we started dating ninth grade and, but then Jeff, I noticed something in eleventh and probably tenth grade, in the tenth grade, first eleventh grade. I started noticing something, and you know what I noticed? 
What's that? She wasn't the only woman in the world. <laughs> <laughs> there were other ones out there that uh, needed to find out more about Terrific Tony. And at the time, I, I wasn't quite Terrific Tony yet. I was still Tony. So, um, so I have this high school girlfriend, and then she had a friend um, that was somewhat interested in me, and I, I thought she was kind of cute. So uh, that was my first downfall. And then when I got to working at the grocery store, um, I had my, you know, I had my mullet and, uh, and of course when I was in high school, all the girls in home ec class, they always, you know, you had, you had you, in home ec class, you know, you got to put the hair up. If you're, you're cooking, you got to put your hair up in ponytail or whatever. So a lot of the girls be like, Hey, Tony, let me, let me put your hair in a ponytail since we're cooking today. And it's, Oh, your hair's so soft. And I was like, Oh, that's a pretty good gimmick. I didn't know what a gimmick was then, but in my mind, I'm thinking, well, you know, having long hair is a is a is a cool deal. So all those years, my parents thought I grew my hair long because I was trying to be rebellious. But I grew my hair long because the girls like to touch it in home ec class, so I just let it grow so they could touch it. And and I and Jeff and and listeners at home, the, the, I can't believe I'm telling this story, but I'm gonna tell. But I loved my hair so much, Jeff, that I would. Get up in the morning to go to school. I'd shower, wash my hair, and I would um, condition it. I'd blow dry it. It'd be all fluffy. I'd go to school. Had a comb in my back pocket. I was constantly combing my hair. So I get to work. I start working at, at this. Um, I start working at this grocery store, and one of the girls that I went to high school with, who was like a cheerleader and very popular, starts working at the grocery store, and we start talking, and she says, "You know." since in school i i really i thought you were a dick and i said me she's like yes i said why she's like because you were always combing your hair and i'm like what <laughs> she's like you'd be going down the hall you're combing your hair i see you in class you're combing your hair you're always fluffing it with your fingers and i used to get so pissed off at you you know why i said why she goes because your hair looked better than mine <laughs> I was like, come on, you're a cheerleader. Your hair's great. She goes, no, seriously. And all the girls be like, I wish I had hair like Tony. His hair's always perfect because he's always combing it, you know. And I was like, oh, I never, and I didn't even realize it. I just loved my hair, you know, at the time. Of course, now I have none. So (laughs) I I loved it too much maybe. But anyway, so um, now I'm working at the grocery store. Now, Now, I know I'm rambling on, but this gets back to the story of, pro wrestlers so as i'm working in the grocery store um i started realizing that um a lot of the girls that work in the grocery store you know they 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 were kind of fond of me and but one thing jeff i i didn't learn that i learned pretty quick there is there's there's two things in life um that that i tell everybody and it's it's a it's a rule and my boss man at the time at the grocery store, he, 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 he gave me this advice. He says, you never get your honey where you get your money because <laughs> yeah. one of the pots is going to go dry. And um, I was like, oh, okay. But I didn't really get what he was saying because I didn't, under, I didn't realize that all the girls that worked in, a, in that grocery store were all crushing on me. And a couple of them, I was like, "Hey, I take you know, let's, let's let's go to McDonald's after work. Let's go here. Let's go there." And I just wanted to take them to McDonald's and hang out, but they wanted more. But I didn't realize that at the time because I didn't realize that that they were flirting with me because I, I was so naive and shy, right? But then once I learned, Jeff, that hey, you know, there's, there's more to the grocery store business than bagging groceries. Um, I start dating a couple different cashiers. I date this cashier and. Yeah, I, I, so I so at the, at the same time, I'm telling you, if I'm just like Ric Flair, and I didn't realize it. So I have a girlfriend that, that's a cashier. I have a girlfriend that I'm messing with that works in the deli, and I have another one in the bakery. All three at the same time at the same store. Tell me, I was stupid, <laughs> not not realizing they talk right. <clears throat> so. And 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 I got I got I got away with it for like I don't know a few months. Uh, I would realize, well, I was the head I was the head cashier, so my job was to train all the new people that came in. And that's kind of how the game started. And then one day, this girl comes up to me and she says, "Tony," 
She's like, are you dating whatever her name was? And I'm like, no, not dating her. I said, we just hang out after work. She's like, oh, well, she says that she, that you're her boyfriend. I'm like, no, nah, not her boyfriend. And she's like, and the girl in the deli says that, that, that she dates you too. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> and that's when I realized that, you know, I'm 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 gonna get caught, so I gotta I gotta end this somehow, and then then that's when my, my when my manager come to me and he says, "Hey Tony, there's talk going around that uh, you're very friendly with a couple of the girls that work here. Let me give you a word of advice: don't get your honey where you get your money, because one of them's gonna dry up, you know. So I had to had to break those off, but um, but that was kind of like the first seed of like, hey, you know. Maybe I maybe I won't be shy, you know. And so I started breaking through that that shy barrier. Um, and then once I I met you and got into wrestling, Lord golly, it just took off after that. Actually, my, my, it it didn't it didn't really take off. It just boomed because I remember the first the first few times of walking to the ring, I wouldn't say nothing. I just walked to the ring and get in the ring and wrestle. And then you and your brother and a couple and a couple others would pull me to the side and go, listen. You're a, if you're going to be a heel when you walk out, you got you got to say mean things to the people. But I was such a nice guy, I, I couldn't. <laughs> there was nothing mean I could say. It took a couple years before before I learned how to do that. And then once I learned it, man, I I I I, I loved it. And so, um, but but it, but it would blow people away because they would say, "Man, Tony, you're such a nice guy. I don't know how you say all those mean things." <laughs> <laughs> just so just the way the way it worked out but uh but man <laughs> some great times in 93 yeah and i'm the same way man just I, I, when i when people hear i'm a wrestler they can't believe i'm a bad guy you ain't no mm-hmm. bad guy mm-hmm. well, you ain't no bad ain't no way you're a bad guy and yeah. then when they you know i say what well, you know back then i'd okay i'll let you borrow a tape i let them watch a bunch of tape or a dvd and or now it's like, hey, go watch, you know, it's on YouTube, watch this, and they'll go watch it, and they'll come back, and they'll say, I can't believe that you, I can't believe that is you. I said, yep, I said, just funny, you uh, you go to the ring, and you just automatically become a different person. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that, that that's one of the things that I always notice, and even not, not as much now, I guess because I'm older, and I – and in my mind, Jeff, like I've got to wrestle like almost every one of my childhood heroes. I've either got to wrestle them or I've got to work with them. Um, and I've gotten compliments from my childhood heroes. Um, and so I guess in my mind, they're like, there ain't really, there's not much left to do. Like, like there's nothing like, like I feel like I've achieved everything. Well, not even everything I've achieved more than I ever thought I would in the wrestling business. If that makes sense. Um, and so like now, like I don't, I I don't like go above and beyond to, to, you know, to, to do it. It's just like, okay, if I get booked, great. If I don't, yeah, that's great too. Um, but like in the nineties, uh, when I first started, like if, if you came to me and you said, Tony, this is what we're going to do tonight. You're, 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 we're gonna have a match. Excuse me. Uh, we're gonna have a match. You're gonna lose, and you gotta wear a dress, or you gotta wear a diaper, or you gotta shave your head. I'd be like, okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Um, now it's like, uh, uh-uh, no. And to give you a prime example, so in the '90s, you and I'd have a match, and I wouldn't think twice. Like, especially, and, and again, we're we're getting ahead of the, of the weeks, but um, touch base a little bit, but. Like in the, in the uh, um, I guess ninety five ish ninety six, uh, we done our first show in Thomasville, and um, you and I worked each other. Uh, you were doing the little angle of the um, the Ghost Rider, and I was come back as a baby face, and we're in my hometown. We're having a bull rip match, and man, I I I I get the I get the color, man. I'm 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 I got good color. And you were like, it was no big deal. You didn't care if my blood got on your shirt. You didn't care if my blood was on your arms or whatever. You didn't care. But now, <laughs> and and I didn't care. 
But now it's like fast forward all these years. So this past weekend, Jeff, I got to tell you this great story. I, I shared it with you when, when we were out eating Saturday night, but now I'm going to share it with the people about how, how much we've changed. But I'm in this cage match and like half the, half the people in the cage is, is bleeding. And I go as far as away from the ring as I can, even though I can't go anywhere because there's a fence around the ring. I get over in the corner and I have a guy like, you know, punch me and I drop down in the corner, Jeff, and I hid there for the rest of the match because I didn't want nobody's blood on me. <laughs> even though I love those guys, but it's just the fact of having somebody else's blood on me. I didn't want that. <laughs> so I hid yeah. in the corner and then come over and like, I guess some of the guys would see me and they come over there to, to me and I say, leave me over here. I'm staying away from the blood. And they're like, Wait a minute! You're in a cage match. What do you think? What do you, what do you expect? I'm like, yeah, I know, but it's just amazing, you know. It's not amazing. It's just funny how how things change. Now, if if you're paying me ten grand for this match, man, bleed all over me. I don't care. But if I I'm not making ten grand, keep that keep that blood on the other side of the ring. I don't want it. Um, but it's it's just it's just funny how how things change. And your opinion changes as the uh, as the years go by. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, well, Jeff, any uh, any other thing you want to add to the show before we close this week? Uh, no, I believe that pretty much covered 1993 and your uh, start in the professional wrestling. Yep, and uh, and uh, so that that was like the start of my dream. Uh, next week we're going to be covering um, a couple of years, 94 and a little bit of 95, and uh, Jeff. If you can just touch a little bit, uh, give the listeners at home an idea of some of the things that, that they can expect to hear about next week. Um, we, uh, you know, you you won your first championship. We'll talk about it. Uh-huh. Um, we uh, Burke County Wrestling changes over to New World Wrestling, um, and uh, we uh, had a an amazing summer. Let's see. We did one uh, from June 25th to August 6th. We did one, two, three, four, five, five wrestling events, including, um, uh, wrestling event in your hometown, Thomasville at the armory. Um, and, uh, we did a couple wrestling events, uh, at the, uh, Drexel community center. And uh, we ventured away a little bit from the Amvets Club, just a little bit. Yeah. Um, and the first ever wrestling, I don't think you were on that show, though. No, we did the first, I'm not going to mention that, first ever wrestling at the Burke County Fair. Uh, yeah, you missed that one. Um, but, yeah, that's, uh, that's what we'll cover uh, next week. Um, now, 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 Jeff. One of the things I, I do want to touch on right before we close tonight is during those years uh, of Burke County New World Wrestling, whenever you, whenever you were promoting, I was working for you. Um, of all those buildings that that we ran, which building was your favorite? Um, I, I love the Amvets Club. You know, I know it was just the old rinky dink uh, country club, but it's just I don't know. It's we were able to, you know, uh, you're talking about going to the honky tonk on Saturday night. Yeah. Um, I, I would go there every Saturday night before, you know, the next day we'd do our wrestling show and just to get the key to where we could go in and we could go up there anytime Sunday morning and go in there and set up the ring. We kept the ring stored under the stage where the bands performed every, every weekend. And, um, just, I don't know, just the whole atmosphere of the place. I mean, we did our, most of our TV tapings there. Um, but I, I, you know, that was just the place. And then of course, man, finally, you know, I was the first one to bring wrestling to the Burke County fair. That was pretty cool too. Yeah. I always loved the fair. Um, Probably, I mean, I, I did like the Amvets Club, but um, something about the Drexel Community Center, man, I really like that building. Um, I don't know why, but I, I did. Um, uh, I, I'm sorry, I'm saying Drexel, but I'm really trying. I'm really meaning the Hildebrand Gym. I, I really like that gym. Oh, the Hildebrand Gym. The way yeah. it was, yeah. The way yeah, it was, we it was a great building. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did our first. Uh, we did defer our first show there uh, in 1994. 
And, of course, the Drexel Community Center, uh, we did a show there in 1993 in September, and you uh, something happened. You wasn't there at that show. Oh, okay. But, yeah, uh, I missed that one. But, um, but, I, yeah. but, I, but I was at the one, I guess it was in 94 when uh, you ran Drexel and um, drew, drew a really good house that night. So, um, but, and, of course, like I said, we'll, we'll, yeah. talk, we'll definitely get more into that um, in the, as the weeks go by. All right, guys. Well, uh, Jeff, thank you for um, for taking the time out of your busy schedule to bring your book uh, and share with the people, um, you know, a little insight on the beginnings of my wrestling career. And, uh, of course, like I said, as the weeks go by, we're going to talk more and tell more stories, and I'll get, you know, some uh, – I'll tell things that nobody's ever heard and uh, probably – you'll probably tell me something that's going to jog my memory and remind me of something I did um, or we did together. Who knows, Jeff, but I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to, to, to this month. Hopefully next week uh, when you, when we record, uh, hopefully Chris will be available we, and we can, we can get some of his insight too. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm excited for, for this, for this podcast this month. Yeah. So am I can't wait till next week. It's going to be good. All right, fans for Jeff Patton, I'm Tony Binge. We will see you next week here on the Binge Buster Show. Thank you for listening to the Binge Buster Show. Make sure you like us on Facebook and download us on your favorite podcast platform.